What I want to do this morning is give you the instructions for entering the first jhana. It's actually rather absurd for me to be giving you the instructions at this time because, as I said last night, it's going to take a while for you to get settled in and be able to get to access concentration. You'll probably spend the next several days having those thoughts that just seem to persist. I usually refer to them as rearranging the contents of your refrigerator. It's about as useful, and they just seem to come and come, and then eventually things do get quiet. When things get quiet for you, this that would be the perfect time to give you the instructions, but of course... You're not all going to get quiet at the same time, and I have no idea when you're going to get quiet, so I'll just give you the instructions today. It will at least give you an idea of what you're aiming at. So, as I said last night, it's necessary to generate access concentration, sufficient concentration to give you access to the first jhana. There are many ways this can be done. I'll talk on this course principally about three of them. The breath, metta, or loving-kindness meditation, and the body scan. I'll talk mostly today about using the breath. So you sit down in your comfortable upright posture, And you put your attention on the physical sensations associated with the breathing. As I mentioned last night, it seems to work a bit better if you can use the nose as the location of those physical sensations. So if that works for you, by all means do that. If you are so used to using the belly or the chest that the nose seems too weird, then by all means use whatever works. So you put your attention on the physical sensations associated with breathing, and at some point, probably your mind wanders off. Label your distraction. Remember, the first label is always correct. And then, very important, relax, come back to the breath. And you do this again and again and again until the mind stays with the breath where you're not becoming distracted. This is access concentration. You know each in-breath and you know each out-breath. And if they are any thoughts, they are wispy and in the background and don't pull you away. When you're at access concentration, there may be other indications that your concentration is quite good. It's possible that as you're sitting there with your eyes closed, it starts getting brighter behind your eyelids. It seems as though the sun has come out or perhaps someone is turning up a dimmer switch on the light. This is a sign of good concentration, this diffuse white light. Now, on the way to good concentration, you may get lots of other visual phenomena happening. 
blobs of purple color, laser light shows, all sorts of stuff. Those are just signs you are heading towards concentration. There's nothing to do with them. Just ignore them. And in fact, if the diffuse white light shows up, there's nothing to do with that. It's just a sign you have arrived at concentration. So all the other visual phenomena are signs saying approaching concentration and the diffuse white light is entering concentrationville. If you're using the breath, there's also another sign that may show up that indicates that your concentration is getting quite strong. And that is that the breath slows down and becomes quite subtle. In fact, it may even seem to disappear. When it gets very subtle, you may feel that you have a very strong urge to take a deep breath, get it going again. Wrong. That's actually a completely wrong thing to do, take you in the wrong direction. What you want to do after you've been at access concentration for some time and the breath has gotten very shallow, or if the breath disappears completely, is let go of the attention on the breath and shift your attention to a pleasant sensation, preferably a pleasant physical sensation. Now, you might be wondering, what pleasant physical sensation? Well... If you can somehow bear to smile when you meditate, even though it's a fake smile when you sit down, if you keep putting it back when it falls off, by the time you get to access concentration, the smile will feel genuine and it will be a pleasant sensation. You can shift your attention one inch from your nose to the physical pleasure of smiling and letting go of any attention on the breath at all, focus just on enjoying the pleasantness of the smile. Now, the smile works really well for people that it works for. It seems to be, though, that only about 25% of the students I work with find that the smile works for them. If the smile doesn't work, then you need to find some other pleasant sensation to focus on. By far the most commonly reported pleasant sensation that people can focus on is in the hands. Sort of a warm, tingly glow. It's not terribly pleasant, but it's it's not unpleasant and it's not neutral. It's slightly pleasant. So let go of the attention on the breath and put your attention on the pleasantness of that pleasant sensation. Now, by the pleasantness of the pleasant sensation, what I mean is not its location or how strong it is or how long it's been there or whether it's increasing or decreasing, just the fact that if someone were to ask you, is that pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, and you were to be able to say it's pleasant, whatever aspect that enabled you to know that it was pleasant, that's what you focus on. Other commonly reported locations of pleasant sensations are the heart center, particularly when using metta 
as the access method. The third eye, top of the head, top of the shoulders, feet, actually you name a body part. I've had some student find a pleasant sensation there that they were able to shift their attention to and stay focused on. That's the tricky bit, the staying focused on the pleasant sensation. The pleasant sensation just sits there. It's not doing anything. It's quite a bit more subtle than the breath. I mean, the breath comes in, the breath goes out. The pleasant sensation is just sitting there being mildly pleasant. You're going to need good, strong concentration to stay with a mildly pleasant, pleasant sensation. If you can stay with your attention on the pleasant sensation, eventually it will increase in intensity. Not a lot, just a little bit. And if you can just stay with the increased intensity, it'll increase some more, and then a bit more. And then eventually it will increase rather dramatically and take you into an obviously altered state of consciousness full of glee and joy. This is the first jhana. The glee is the word I'm using to translate the Pali word piti, P-I-T-I, and joy I'm using to translate the Pali word sukha, the opposite of dukkha. These are the two primary components of the first jhana. When the first jhana initially arises, it may not be possible for you to distinguish between the piti and the sukha. You're just having an experience of piti sukha. The piti is the primarily uh, physical component. Piti can manifest as making you sit up very straight, as your hair standing on end, a little bit of trembling, as heat, as an energetic rush up through your body. Often it involves the spine and generally seems to be centered somewhere in the torso and going on up to the head. Hopefully it's pleasant. Sometimes PT arises though and it's not pleasant. That's not so useful. When it's pleasant, it'll be accompanied by sukha. Sukha could be translated as joy or happiness. It's more of an emotional experience. Stay focused on this experience of piti sukha, this gleeful happiness. Piti gets translated a number of different ways. Most commonly you see it as rapture. Sometimes it is rapturous, but I think glee is better. You also see uh, euphoria, uh, delight, uh, interest, ecstasy. Uh, All of these words, it can manifest as that, although I would say that glee probably fits it the best. And the sukha, as I say, is either joy or happiness. 
So the basic instructions generate access concentration, for example, by focusing on the breath and coming back from the distractions. When you have arrived at access concentration, stay there for five to ten minutes, some period of time. Let the access concentration build up. Then shift your attention to a pleasant sensation. And then comes the really difficult part. Do nothing else. Just stay focused on the pleasantness of the pleasant sensation. So the instructions are very simple. Actually pulling it off is quite a bit more difficult. Problems that arise, you get to access concentration and you get impatient and you don't let it build up and so you shift too soon to a pleasant sensation. Uh, Probably what would happen in that case is that you would get distracted from the pleasant sensation. And if, if indeed you shift to a pleasant sensation and then you get lost, come back to the pleasant sensation if it's still there. It might have gone away while you were gone, in which case you would have to go back to the breath. If you come back to the pleasant sensation and get lost again and again and again, in other words, you have no stability focusing on the pleasant sensation, you didn't generate enough access concentration, go back to the breath and let the access concentration build up again before shifting to the pleasant sensation. Other possible problems, uh, the breath gets very shallow and you're not feeling all that concentrated and you just gotta take a deep breath Well, when you take that deep breath, you're taking yourself in the direction that is away from the first jhana. There is anecdotal evidence that the first jhana is either generated by an increase in carbon dioxide in your bloodstream or by an increase in oxygen in your bloodstream. Uh, So when you're breathing very shallow like that, the carbon dioxide level will build up a bit, which will assist you in entering the first jhana. You don't really need much oxygen. After all, you're sitting there very still. You're not even thinking. And your body actually knows how much air you need. You have been breathing for how many decades? Pretty much on automatic, without really worrying about it just letting your body do its thing, you can trust that your body will know what to do. If the urge to take a deep breath becomes overwhelming, don't take a deep breath. Take a shallow breath. All right? That'll take you in the wrong direction, but it won't take you as far in the wrong direction. And then just come back to letting the breath do its natural thing. But mostly, don't worry about the breath. When you shift to the pleasant sensation, generally nothing happens. You're just sitting there and the mildly pleasant, pleasant sensation is being mildly pleasant and that's all that's going on. There may be a tendency to comment about the fact nothing's happening, which of course will ensure that nothing will happen. 
Just sit there and observe the pleasant sensation undistractedly. Or something does start to happen. It increases a little bit. And you get all excited. Ooh, something's happening, which of course makes it stop happening. Or you try and make something happen. None of these things work. As I said, the really difficult part is the do-nothing-else except stay focused on the pleasantness of the pleasant sensation. I sometimes speak about doing the jhanas, but you can't actually do the jhanas. The jhanas come and find you. You set up initial conditions and then just get quiet and the jhana will arise on its own. The mind likes to go into these states. So your job is basically to generate the access concentration, find the pleasant sensation, and just stay focused on it. The jhana will come and find you. Another possible problem is that you're focusing on the pleasant sensation, and it starts to increase, and you have this sense of going out of control. And so not wanting to be out of control, you clamp down on it, which of course makes it not take you to the first jhana. You will have to go out of control to get into the first jhana. You can't get there and stay in control. What I can say that may be helpful is that you've never been in control in the first place about anything. It's only the illusion of control that you're giving up, so it's not really anything to worry about. And besides, if the jhanas were dangerous, I'd probably be dead by now, okay? They're actually quite a healthy thing to do for yourself. So, a review. Sit in your comfortable upright posture. Put your attention on the breath. If you get distracted, label your distractions. Relax. Come back to the breath. Continue to do this until you arrive at access concentration which would be defined as being fully with the object of meditation. And if there are thoughts, they are in the background. They're wispy and they don't pull you away. You know each in-breath and you know each out-breath. Stay there for five to ten minutes. Then shift your attention to a pleasant sensation. And then do nothing else but stay focused on the pleasant sensation. The jhana will come and find you. Now, several people have asked about using metta as an access method. So instead of following the breath, you would do your metta meditation practice. Just stay with your phrases or your visualization or ever how you do the metta for, let's say, approximately half an hour. A half an hour of not really getting distracted. You're actually... There with the metta practice, hopefully you're feeling the feeling of loving kindness. And then after this half an hour or maybe longer, shift your attention to a pleasant sensation. Most likely in the heart center, but it could be any pleasant sensation, doesn't matter. So just let go of the metta phrases. Leave the feeling in the background and focus on the pleasantness of whatever pleasant sensation you found. And then the jhana comes and finds you. So that's the basic instructions for the first jhana. 
Are there any questions? Does the pleasant sensation need to be specifically located in the body or can it be the whole body? It's easier if it's specifically located, but the whole body will work. The key thing is to enjoy the pleasantness of it. Okay, That's all that really matters. It's just that most people find it to be easier if they're looking in a single direction, a single location to really get into the pleasantness. But, yeah, the whole body will work uh, if you find an aspect of the body that's more pleasant than anywhere else. Let your focus more or less coalesce on that. But the overall body will work. Well, you won't enter the jhana without a one-pointed mind, and you need the one-pointed mind to be one-pointedly focused on the pleasant. So if some tension arises and you attempt to put your attention on the attention, you now don't have the one-pointedness and it's not going to work. Hopefully, you can find a way to sit that minimizes the tension such that you can just stay with the pleasantness. That's... That's the plan, at least. Um, all the retreats have sat as a model, so providing permanence, and, and each unpleasant sensations and unpleasant sensations that arise and that disappear. So let's say you can't focus on the pleasant sensation and it, it just goes. Yep. If you don't have another pleasant sensation at hand to focus on, if the pleasant sensation you're focused on disappears, then you have to go back to your access method. Most likely, the depth of your access concentration wasn't sufficient. If your access concentration is sufficiently deep, then the pleasant sensation is more likely to stick around if you just observe it. In other words, you're focused on generating access concentration and the pleasant sensation arises on its own, right? And now you just let go of generating the access concentration and focus that on the pleasant sensation that arose on its own, and hopefully it sticks around long enough to take you into the jhana. But yeah, things are impermanent. And if it disappears and there's no other pleasant sensation easily available, go back to the breath or the metta or whatever and get it stronger. Now, what you don't want to do is find one pleasant sensation and disappear, and you find another one and it disappear, and you find another one and it disappear. That sort of chasing won't take you into the jhana either. If you find yourself doing that, back to the access method, deepen the access concentration. Right. Can you use some mental aid to help with the 
pleasant sensation with the generating of it. Yes, provided you don't get lost in the story. Okay, so you bring to mind the painting, and then you think, yeah, I need to go to that gallery when I get back. Maybe I should order the tickets. Uh, I'll I'll go for a walk. No, you've lost it. (laughs) Right, but it's quite possible to use some mental pleasantness to trigger the pleasant sensation as long as you don't get lost. In fact, it's possible to use just mental pleasantness without a physical sensation. But that's a bit more difficult because mostly the mental pleasant stuff doesn't tend to stick around and it does tend to have a story attached to it. But for just triggering something, yeah, it works quite well. Yeah, if the most pleasant experience is the visual, it is possible to focus on that. However, it's a bit tricky because often what happens when you start focusing on the visual and stop focusing on what was generating the visual, such as the breath, the visual fades away. So make sure you have good access concentration before you shift to focusing on the visual and just enjoy the pleasantness of it. It will work. It's a bit trickier, though. What we're trying to do is set up a positive feedback loop. You know, positive feedback loop, like if this were a microphone and I were to take the microphone and put it up next to the speaker, it would start making that horrible sound. The ambient noise in the room comes into the microphone, gets amplified, comes out louder, back into the microphone, amplified some more, comes out louder still, and continues until the horrible noise appears. You're trying to do the exact same thing, but instead of with noise, with pleasantness. You're focused on pleasantness, and you're just staying there. And that's kind of pleasant, which adds a bit more pleasantness to the overall experience. Well, the increase in pleasantness, that's kind of pleasant, which adds a bit more pleasantness. Okay, you get the picture. But for this to work, you need a steady mind. I mean, to get the terrible noise, you don't have to do any funny things with the microphone. You just hold it up there steady, and the the feedback comes. So you need to hold your mind very steady up to the pleasantness, and it will happen on its own. Think of your mind as a a pond, and normally there are lots of waves in the pond, thought waves going through, and you want to get the pond very quiet. And then you drop in a pebble of pleasure by focusing on something pleasant, and the waves go out to the sides, and they bounce off the side of your skull, and they come back, and when they come together again, it reinforces and it gets stronger. But this not being a physical system, if you don't disturb it, it stays strong. It bounces again, and it comes back, and it gets stronger. And it just continues to do that until the PT and Sukha arise. But you can't disturb the pond. You drop in a pebble of pleasure, and then you go, where, where, where are those waves re- you're disturbing the pond? You just have to sit there and let it happen. So this is what we're after, a quiet mind,
dropping in a pebble of pleasure and just staying with it by enjoying it. I suspect that the pleasure is actually getting stronger rather than your attention is getting more subtle. In other words, you've built the attention up through the access method. And then you shift to the pleasant sensation. And, yeah, your your ability to stay focused will increase slightly. But I think what's happening is... What I think is happening is you're triggering the reward center, which is in the center of your brain, to start producing dopamine and opioids, right? And you do that by, well, by being rewarded. So you're focused on the pleasure, and you get some reward for having your mind absorbed into pleasure, all right, which triggers the reward center, which is more pleasure, so I think it's actually that you are increasing the release of dopamine and opioids in your brain. My current theory is that the PT is probably derived from the dopamine release and the suka comes from the opioid release. But, you know, that's a hypothesis. I'm not a neuroscientist. So who knows? Yeah. 